AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. Position squaring hit the grain markets today ahead of tomorrow's USDA supply and demand report. And early trends in the livestock markets were changed by the closing bell. The cattle complex was lower and lean hog futures pushed back to the upside after yesterday's sharp losses. Live from Blues Day afternoon via yeah. Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Ben Rand from Blue Line Futures and later Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. Right after the news, Varsity Joe Vaklovic from Standard Grain. I'm Handsome Newsman Davis Michelson. And now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Yeah, we've got a new voice and an old voice on mm-hmm. <laughs> on AgriTalk today and both from Blue Line. I'm looking yeah. forward to this. Ben Rand, Blue Line Futures, is our guest analyst today. We're going to be spending fair amount of time talking about uh, risk management for livestock producers. Okay? We've got the livestock risk uh, protection on cattle. We've got the livestock gross margin. Uh, We're going to be talking about about all of these and uh, trying to figure out exactly if it will work for you or not. You know what? LRP is something that I've never spent a whole lot of time with. We've talked about it briefly on the show before, and when Ben said that he is a big fan of LRP, I thought, man, what a great opportunity to uh, do a little education, and and then the listeners can come along, too, and get, sure. <laughs> if there's any education that they need on this, they can they can listen in and get that, too, but it's time for, uh, yeah. for, for you and I to learn a little bit more about the LRP. So, well, yeah, and when it, when it comes to LRP, it is pretty yeah. safe to say IDK. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I, I do know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's K. It's not IDC. Right. All right? No, no, no. Be- because no. we do care. It's it's K. It's K. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then at the end of the show, Oliver's going to come on. There's some new options offerings out there, weekly options. Oliver's going to come on tell us about the weekly options and give us a little bit of an idea how he might use them and and so on is uh cool uh to figure all of this out we've got a lot of risk management to do on in the year ahead we might as well break out every tool we've got to get the job done let's break all right out. man yeah let's go ahead and do it what you got in the news well tip wheat futures traded mixed throughout the session with hrw futures pushing to the upside and soft red and spring wheat trading slightly lower late in the day March SRW wheat futures rejected trade below yesterday's low, but failed to build enough upside momentum to close higher. March hard red winter wheat futures traded on both sides of 875 for a seventh consecutive session and posted a low range open and a high range close. A dive in the value of the U.S. dollar index late in the grain session also helped HRW futures hold on to moderate gains. March hard red winter wheat futures were nine and three quarter cents higher, eight eighty-five and three quarters. March soft red wheat down a half cent, seven forty-nine and three quarters. March spring wheat closed at nine seventeen and one quarter, down one quarter of a penny. Chip. The uh, dive in the dollar index. It happened shortly after 
Fed Chairman Jerome Powell started talking. Surprise, surprise. Mm. And and uh, it he was hawkish, yet he was dovish all at the same time. It was kind of weird. It was kind of weird. So it, make make sure that you get up to speed on what Powell was talking about, guys, because it's a bit of a different take. Now, the equities markets have, have pushed to the upside after trading lower. Before the comments, they traded sharply higher, lower again, and now they're back to the upside. Well, Chip, corn futures were modestly lower with traders positioning for the monthly supply and demand report from USDA on Wednesday. Traders are looking for 22-23 corn carryover to be increased, about 25 million bushels from last month. Most importantly will be uh, USDA's update to the Argentine corn crop estimate. Traders are looking for the crop to be down perhaps significantly chip from last month's 52 million metric tons. Pro-Farmer Crop Consultant Dr. Michael Cordonier of Soy and Corn Advisor puts the Argentine corn crop at 44 million metric tons. March corn posted an inside trading day with a mid-range open and a low-range close. March corn futures were a nickel lower, 674. May corn down four and three quarters, 673. July corn futures closed at 662 and one half, down five and one half cents. Chip. Yeah, technically still looking sharply steady in that corn market. Unwinding of long meal, short bean oil spreads dominated trade in the soy complex. Crop consultant Dr. Cordonier puts the Argentine bean crop at 38 million metric tons. That's 1 million below his previous estimate. That compares to USDA's January crop peg of 45.5 million metric tons. Soybean meal has posted back-to-back sharp losses to pull bean prices lower. March beans traded on both sides of 1525 for a ninth consecutive session and posted the lowest close since January 27. March bean oil followed solid gains in the crude oil market to close back on top of support at 60 cents. March bean futures 6 cents lower, 15, 15 and one quarter. May beans down four and one quarter cents, 15, 10 and one quarter. July beans closed at 15.04 and one quarter, down two and three quarter cents, Chip. Yeah, the product spreads really seem to be dominating that market right now. Well, March cotton futures opened near session lows and closed near resistance at yesterday's high. March cotton was 236 points higher, 85.63. Quickly on the livestocks, April cattle were 87 and one half cents lower, 163.60. March feeder futures, 50 cents lower, 187.20. And April lean hog futures 55 cents higher, 83.27 and one half. And looky there, June hogs up a dime, $100, yeah. 65 cents. Chip Flory. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, Davis. Yeah, that April live cattle contract went up there, scored a new contract high, and then had a downside reversal in there. So it's a key downside reversal that uh, we're going to have to pay attention to in that live cattle market. All right, Davis, let's bring in Joe Vaklovic, Standard Grain. Hey, Joe, how's it going, buddy? What's up, Chip? How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, what do you make of this product spreading action that we've got in the soy complex? Is that kind of the feature right now? I don't know. I mean, they that's that's a trade that's always ongoing. They're always spreading products and buying meal and selling oil or the other way around. Um, I don't know if I'd read too much into that personally. I okay. think the bean market may have been trading a slightly wetter forecast for Argentina. I was looking at the midday maps versus what I saw earlier this morning. It looked a little bit wetter. Maybe there's just some position squaring ahead of the report. I think the, um, I think the Argentina situation to a significant degree has probably been discounted into the marketplace. 
I think the one thing that we don't know for right now is, is the demand situation on the uh, U.S. balance sheets. I think USDA may have been wrong to lower their export number last month. And that may be a number that they have to, to kind of go back and, and uh, raise at some point in time if these sales and shipments don't back off. Yeah, at some point in time. Would you anticipate that tomorrow, just one month after taking 55 million bushel off that export estimate? If I had to guess, and I, I have no plans of trying to guess yeah. what USDA is going to say, I don't think it would be tomorrow. I think it would be later in the growing season. And, and keep in mind, Brazil's got a monster. And maybe when it does come online, I know harvest is a little bit late. Maybe they were warranted in making that cut. But based on the pace of sales and shipments right now, it, it may have not been warranted. And if that's the case, your bean carryout could be could be easily sub 200. I mean, yeah. it, it wouldn't be hard to do. Yeah. That's right, and that just tightens up your supply-side cushion on the new crop marketing year. Kind of, it'd be yep. it'd be nice it'd be nice to have the the best information possible going into the final decisions on acres. Joe, thanks, buddy. Good stuff, man. See you, All right, that's Joe Vaklovic, Standard Grain. We've got Ben Rand from Blue Line Futures up next here on AgriTalk. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out caseih.com. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad you're with us this afternoon. That's Saved by the fader. Saved yeah. by the fader. That is Davis Michelson, <laughs> Big Apple Joe Stackler. Quick. On the draw there. Good work, Joe. Let's be <laughs> Good honest. Work. Good work. Good work. All right. Let's bring in today's guest analyst, Ben Rand, Blue Line Futures. Ben, welcome to AgriTalk. How are you, man? Oh, I'm good, Chip. How are you? Doing real fine. Real fine. First time on, we need to learn about you. Uh, let's start with where you're located, what your interests are, and and uh, what, uh, what your office uh, offers for services out there. Well, uh... I am originally a farm kid from Southeast Nebraska, grew up on row crop, uh, your typical corn and bean guy. Um, dad and I ran over a few acres and uh, worked as a hired hand through high school, went to college in Omaha to become a, a pilot. And then September 11th happened and uh, did a little bit of a uh, demand destruction, if you will, on the pilot uh, career path. So yeah. I really had to relook at what I was going to do. Um, Ended up joining the military, and I think this is where a lot of people kind of wonder how I landed in, in Elwood, Nebraska. 
But uh, no, I, I joined the military and um, became a cryptologist. I was a code breaker. Uh, they sent me to school to uh, learn Persian Farsi. Uh, from there, um, the Department of Defense kind of rearranged how they were viewing intelligence assets and uh, made me an interrogator of all things. Uh, did a couple of deployments, came back, learned Arabic, did a Dari conversion course. So I speak a few languages, uh, been to a few countries. Um, back in 2014, uh, kind of came down on an assignment that I wasn't uh, super uh, enthused about having to go do. I'd been gone almost. Uh, my kids were six. I had like 28 days stateside and it was just time to spend uh, some time with the family. So I decided to, to get out of the military, um, came back to the family multi-parole crop insurance company, um, got hired by a, one of the big four grain buyers as a broker, uh, did several years there, and then uh, have ended back in the uh, risk management side of things with crop insurance, LRP. Uh, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple months ago, Oliver reached out and uh, knew what I was doing with LRP, LGM, uh, saw what I was doing on Twitter, and we had some common contacts. And we decided it would be a, a good fit to join, uh, for me to join the uh, Blue Line Futures team. Gotcha. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, leveraging either LRP and a hedge account or, or both and, and how these tools can work to help, you know, um, really transfer some risk for the cattlemen in what is arguably a high stakes poker game here with uh, yeah. some of these numbers we're looking at. But that's how I ended up. I, I sit and live in Elwood, Nebraska. Um, but I do, I'm a, I'm licensed for insurance, uh, like anywhere between Colorado and Ohio and North Dakota to Texas, got clients scattered all over the place. Cattle aren't limited to, to Nebraska and in the Midwest. So I uh, really have a big, um, I guess, big territory I cover. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's my backstory. Uh, Blue Line um, really offers the, you know, futures and options. Yeah. side of things, which I know some some folks uh, have, are scared of or, or don't have the knowledge or, or have been burned and don't want to get involved in it. And then on the, the home agency side of things, we offer the LRP, which, uh, yep. you know, it's a fixed, fixed cost program. You know what you're getting into. There's no margin calls. Premium's not due to the end. Um, and it, it, it just fits a small time family feeding operation quite a bit better than, say, a hedge account. Gotcha. Gotcha. It- Ben, the experience that you've had with the military, I mean, that is a big round trip to end up back at Elwood, Nebraska. How has that shaped what you're doing now? How do you, how do you use that experience in what you're doing now? Uh, so I was, I spent most of my time in special missions units and special missions assignments. Almost all my time was in a special missions assignment just due to the nature of what I did and my qualifications. And um, th- to be real honest, it's a lot of data consumption. Uh, if you're going to put U.S. soldiers out on a target, um, you're putting somebody's life, livelihood, uh, somebody's dad, brother, son uh, in harm's way. You better be sure about what you're doing and you got to make fast decisions. And, uh, you know, we're looking at these gray markets over the last two years. It, it, the, the correlations are really uncanny. Things have exploded up, exploded down, collapsed, come back, um, moved all over the place. And to be able to assimilate that data, both on the technical and the fundamental side, uh, I think is something I really try to help some of these um, smaller time family feeding operations across the Midwest understand and then leverage these products to, you know, transfer some risk, uh, take some risk off the table and, and be a better marketer. Gotcha. Gotcha. So th- this is all shaped a risk management philosophy for you. It, how do you, how do you sum up what your goals are 
when you sit down with somebody and figure out what risk management strategy is best for them? Well, when I was in the military, one of the things we've always had was uh, we had a three to one rule. We just weren't going to go on target if we were out, yeah. you know, if we didn't outnumber them three to one. And then when I'm sitting down with somebody, everybody's risk tolerance is different, right? Uh, but I don't ever want somebody to take a, a, a position or, or make a sale or something where they're not three to one in the good. Um, and that's just something that's kind of transferred. I think, you know, I'm not going to risk a dime to capture or, or risk 30 cents to capture a dime. Um, I want to be on the right side of those trades, make educated decisions that's data driven, uh, both with historic fundamental technical analysis. And that's what I want farmers to understand um, and, and producers, ranchers to understand that this is a program um, that is super easy to access. And once you find somebody that's the right fit, maybe it's not the right fit for everybody. It's not. I mean, there are limitations to it. It won't work for everybody, uh, but it is a tool. Um, and if if you have a hedge account or are looking to utilize a hedge account, um, you know, Blue Line offers that on the other end of this equation too. Two two tools in a toolbox. Um, yeah. And that you know that that's my take on it. Really, is I like those three to one odds. I want to put somebody on the on the winning side of their of their positions. Nice. Nice. I love it. Okay. You know what? One more, one more on, on your, what, what kind of drives you no, and, go ahead. and what make, how you make decisions. Fundamental, technical. I heard you mention them both. Do do you follow the fundamentals and then use technicals for timing or how do you, how do you combine the two? Uh, okay. Well, we'll talk specifically about LRP because I know that's what a lot of people um, Excellent. have wanted to hear about. So, on the LRP, it's a huge technically driven market uh, because the, the premium, what we're going to charge for the LRP coverage is going to be driven by the value of the put. Well, the value of the put um, with the corresponding strike to the futures month, that value of that put is, is not going to accelerate fast in a bull market. So the timing is absolutely everything. You want to book this LRP on a, on a day where you actually a series of days where you can string together several green candles. Uh, the put has not gone up incredible, you know, any sort of incredible value, but the futures month has. And that is where you're going to have your, your, the technical side of this comes into play is knowing upfront, um, hey, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm trying to string together several green days, and then I'm going to pull the trigger on this. Um, so that's on the, the technical side. The fundamental side, I mean, we have to look at the cot. We have to look at stuff. You know, I drive across Nebraska on the daily. I mean, I, I'll cover four states in a day to go visit clients. Um, and the fundamentals are uh, the Western Corn Belt's burned up. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, the pasture is in terrible shape. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk to anybody out here, there was very little heifer retention coming into this year, and they're yeah. starting to look at it now. There's some optimism starting to grow, right, with the snow that's melting. Yeah. Um, and you're starting to see pasture like get wet. I got mud on my truck for the first time in Western Nebraska. <laughs> I've been out here two years, and I got mud on my truck for the first time like two weeks ago. So, you know, you've got this, uh, I guess, um, for lack of better terms, just optimism. Yeah. And, and you combine that with the cot and you look at, um, you know, box B. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff to, to layer in here. And that's where Blue Line really helps, you know, me make some of these decisions when I'm helping folks with the LRP. Um, it's, it's a fundamental, technically driven market. Um, you got yep. to use both of them. You can't be lopsided on one or the other. Yep. Okay. Uh, you, you used a phrase that I haven't heard on the show before. All right. We've only been doing this close to nine years and it, and you said string several green candles together. You're talking about a candlestick chart, but what yeah. exactly does that mean? I mean, it's, it's momentum is working to the upside. 
Yeah. So uh, on my charts, you know, and I'm sorry if you hear me clicking here, but I'm, I'm looking at my literally looking at my charts in my office, which is so strange. Who, what insurance guy has, you know, cattle charts going every day, but this is so important when it comes to LRP. So if we're looking like a one month, four hour chart or one month, one hour chart, um, we have a, a chart pattern called a, a candle that we use. And when I say the term string together several green days or several green candles, what I'm trying to see here is I want to see several days where the market has consistently traded to the upside and has consistently added, you know, price structure positive and that put, the corresponding put has not increased in value very much. And that's what I mean by that. We, we want to see several days in an upward market where LRP does not work is when you string several red candles together and you got the market setting back, people are, are buying the put, the skew is yeah. to the downside. So the put is increasing in value uh, and that is what you want to avoid. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. We're off and running and we're off and running strong with Ben Rand, Blue Line Futures. So that final decision-making process on whether or not an LRP works for you, we've strung those green candles together. We're going to go through that final decision-making and what kind of protection it gives you. We've got Ben Rand, Blue Line Futures on AgriTalk. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Dr. Michael Cordonier cut his Argentine soybean crop forecast to 38 million metric tons and left his RG corn crop forecast unchanged, warning, quote, any extended period of hot and dry weather going forward would result in a lower corn estimate. Mexico's Secretary of Economy anticipates a forthcoming new GMO decree, which should eliminate the possibility of the U.S. starting a dispute settlement via USMCA. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Monday urged President Biden to enter negotiations with Republicans on a responsible debt limit increase that avoids any U.S. payment default. President Biden said on Monday relations between Washington and Beijing were not weakened by the United States downing a suspected Chinese spy balloon. News of note is taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. Get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. AgriTalk. 
Ben Rand, Blue Line Futures, is our guest analyst today. We're talking about managing risk in the livestock markets using LRP. We're going to get into some more of those details right after Davis does a recap of how the market's closed. Chip, March, hard red winter wheat futures, nine and three quarters cents higher today, 885 and three quarters. March SRW wheat down a half cent, 749 and three quarters. March corn futures were a nickel lower, 674. July corn closed at 662 and one half, down five and one half cents. March soybean futures, six cents lower, 15, 15 and one quarter. July beans closed at 1504 and one quarter, down two and three quarter cents. March cotton, 236 points higher, 85.63. Livestocks, April fat cattle, 87 and one half cents lower, 163.60. March feeders were 50 cents lower, 187.20. And April lean hog futures, 55 cents higher, 83.27 and one half. That's your quick market recap. Back over to you, Chef Flory. All right. Thank you, Davis. Ben Rand, Blue Line Futures, is our guest analyst today. We're talking about LRP. So, Ben, um, when you initiate an LRP strategy, what what is protected? What protect, what protection does it provide? Great question, Chip. It, it is probably, in fact, I, I do a lot of insurance products. It is the only insurance product that I'm aware of that you can buy that settles against a cash index. For feeders, uh, it settles against the CME cash feeder index. And for fats, it settles against the uh, five area weighted average for the 35 to 65% uh, animal. Um, So really unique in the sense that we are setting a position against uh, a Chicago Board of Trade month. I'll give you a great example. Let's take a look, you know, like in August, I was looking at some eight weights for a guy earlier today, and uh, he's going to have some eight weights, eight and a half. So they're going to be ready to go feeders uh, in August. And he could, as of last night, uh, book those cattle, for uh, uh, 207 would be his coverage level and uh, and change. And it was gonna cost him about $4.75, a hundred weight to do that. So on a eight weight steer, uh, you're gonna spend 36, 37 bucks and you're gonna lock up a coverage level of 207. When we go over and only look at the CME cash feeder index that closed yesterday at 181. For example, had he had this contract on and it would have expired yesterday and he had a coverage level of 207, Uh, and we closed the cash meter index at 181, uh, we would have owed him $26 per hundred weight um, on that. Regardless of what he sold them for at his sale barn, it it has nothing to do with what that producer does with that animal at the sale barn or into a a packer. It has everything to do with um, the the indexes. And I I actually put this out. I don't know if you saw it, Chip. I put it on my Twitter account because I was going to reference a couple places. All this stuff is completely available to the public none of this is like secret hidden magic i don't know (laughs) what the margin calls you know it's just not um and and i think that's really the neat thing is because if you don't want to talk to me or your guy about lrp you can look it up on your own yeah and the links are on my twitter account you're more than welcome to go look at them click on them and and pick away and shoot me a dm i'll explain you how it works but uh, you're locking up a cash uh, a cash coverage level is what you're locking up, and no other there isn't a single other commodity. Imagine if you could lock up five ninety seven corn, yeah. cash corn, like and yep. spend it as a government subsidized put. You can't do it. Um, so no, it's a neat program, and and it does it sells against the cash market. Okay, so it pays off if the if the market goes down, but it also pays off if the market goes up because you still got your cash to sell, right? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, let's say same scenario um, that okay. we're talking about that those August fat, uh, feeders at you know an eight eight and a half weight feeder. Um, same scenario. You lock up two oh seven. Uh, if at the end uh, that particular contract, I expect, think expired August seventh, if I remember right. Um, at the end, let's say the cash feeder index is two twenty, uh, and he takes them to you know the Ford or Bassett or one of those hot sale barns that you see like yeah. crazy numbers coming out of, and he gets two thirty for it. Um, all he's going to do is owe me the premium. That's that's the really nice part about this. The premium is not due until the end. Uh, that was a change yes. back in twenty twenty. Yeah, big change in 2020 was uh, the premiums not due to the end. So he takes those animals, sells them at the sale barn. Um, he has unlimited upside in the cash as, you know, all he's doing is setting a floor, a cash floor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So LRP is available fed cattle, feeder cattle, and hogs, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, there's another one that you mentioned that I feel like we at least need to mention, and that's the LGM, the livestock gross margin. Yep. So livestock gross margin is uh, the cattle crush for those familiar with that term. Okay. Um, most family owned feeders will call it their break even. Like we buy the feeder, we buy the corn, we sell the fat. That's the cattle crush. Um, they're going to have more stuff built in like trucking and yardage and a few other things. But when we're talking about it from a brokerage or, or hedging perspective, we call that the, the crush. LGM does exactly that. The problem that we have right now with LGM uh, was one that we had with LRP uh, up until last year. On LGM, and you won't hear me talk about it a lot, but on LGM, the, the reality is you can only go up to a 1250 fat, 1250 pound fat animal. And oh. there are, yeah, I mean, you got guys shipping 16, 700, 16, yeah. 700 weight fats, and they're just leaving too many pounds on the table. Um, I have, uh, we're working diligently with a couple of our, our carriers that I write for to get that change this year. I'm excited and hopeful that, uh, you know, come one July, we, we will see a, a fundamental change and, and raise that from 1250 to 1600. But right now, I, you know, I just feel like it leaves too many pounds uninsured and you, you can buy up to 1600 on the LRP. So, you know, go that route with it and, and you gotcha. get all 1600 gotcha. pounds insured. Okay. All right. Interesting. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the fundamentals in the market right now. This cash market responded last week. Feels like the support from the supply side of the market is is there is is the demand side of the market the uncertainty oh not just the demand side but the economic side uh you know that that, that really trickles down the, the secondary tertiary effects to the american consumer um you got you know i've always i've always said recessions catch you off guard and you, you go on any social media platform and everybody's talking about the pending recession I don't know if it's coming or not. Uh, the charts don't look good on any equity. Or, or, I mean, it, it makes you really nervous about where we're headed with, you know, credit card debt and all-time savings accounts being low and um, just some of the alarming statistics from the financial sector that you're seeing. Um, so, you know, I, I guess for me, the demand side is a big question mark, huge question mark. Uh, is the American consumer going to be able to afford the beef coming off of a, a you know, you're going to have people that talk about a 180 fat, a $2 fat. Um can the American consumer uh, support that environment? Huge unknown, and it has a lot to do with where the economy is going to go. Yeah, it certainly does. And we've got uh, there. It seems like there's a lot of movement going on out there right now. Any, I, I, I've got one more thing that I want to come back to on the on the LRP. But but sure. first, I feel like we need to get your expectations 
for tomorrow's uh, supply and demand report. Any what? Any expectations at all for the February S&D? <laughs> Oliver, <laughs> Oliver and I talked about it this morning, right? So, you know, 2020 through 2022 has taught us that logic means nothing and be expected for, <laughs> you know, expect a surprise. So historically, February, um, pretty docile. Call it a snoozer, call it a dud, call it whatever you will. Yeah. Uh, but that is not a suitable reason to not have protection on going into one of these things. Um, I never advocate somebody to, to trade a report because you just never know what's going to get right. printed. Um, volatility, gosh, we just have seen some incredible opportunities uh, in the market. Um, you know, I my logic tells me to expect my dud. My tingly senses tell me, like, be on guard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, historically speaking, February is not a super big market mover. And, you know, we we're, you know, talked about it earlier. You could expect a little bit of an Argentinian reduction. Yeah. Uh, you know, how much we don't know. Brazil's obviously got a monster crop, depending on who you listen to and talk to. Um, corn, um, you know, moderate increases to some expectations or not even moderate, very small expectations yeah. to carry out. So I would say, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to, you know, uh, have to be holding a gun to my head and pick a side, I'm going to say this thing's going to be a snoozer. That is historically okay. what it's given us. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. So as you were describing the LRP, I'm sitting here trying to figure out, okay, is this for a big guy? Is this for a small guy? Who is, who, who can make the best use of the LRP? You know, the folks that I talk to that you make the best use of it are uh, typically your 5,000 head and smaller feedlots. Um, I have a kid in Nebraska, wonderful kid. He books three head with me a year three and history history head are just important to him as the 3000 of the guy up the road and that is one of the nicest things about this product is that you can do as little as one head you don't have to buy or sell a whole contract like you do on the chicago board of trade you can one head 10 head 18 head let's say you have a, a pen of i'm working with a, a a guy in iowa he he's got a pen of 100 he's like let's break it up into into three chunks and you know we'll put you know 33 on here, 33 on there, 34 on there, Um, you know, and and make a calculated approach. Each person's different. Everybody's got a different expectation of risk management. Uh, But uh, who's this geared to? There are limitations. Um, You cannot do more than 12,000 head in a day or 25,000 head in a year. So that automatically knocks out some of the bigger feedlots. Um, You know, it's just not for them. It's for the American, it's for the American family owned operation. Okay. Boy, that this uh, this seems like something that a lot of farmer feeders need to get to know and and talk to somebody like Ben. And I'm not saying that it's got to be Ben, but Ben is obviously a pretty good choice if you want to get started with it. Figure out exactly how it can work for you and your operation. And uh, Ben, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. Uh, you're in the rotation now, man. We'll we'll get you back on again soon. Okay. Let's do it. I appreciate All right. it. Sir. You bet. That is Ben Rand from Blue Line Futures out in Nebraska. Now, when we come back, going back to Blue Line Futures, we'll get Oliver Slope in here to talk about the weekly options. That's next here on AgriTalk. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. 
take a tactical first strike against weeds. Protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgSaver glyphosate, 53.8%, as low as $25.99 a gallon tote price when you pay cash and build a maximum qualifying FBN acre pack at fbn.com slash direct. Ends February 28th. Prices subject to change. T&C apply. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. Really good conversation. With Ben Rand there from Blue Line Futures, Davis, uh, found us a a new go-to for some of the risk management tools that are available to us out there that that growers and, and livestock producers in particular need to be taking a look at, no question about it. Um, okay, Oliver Slope is with us every Thursday. Uh, it's not Thursday, I realize that, but uh, here it is Tuesday afternoon. And as we were talking about getting Ben on here, I said something to Oliver, you know, we need to get you on sometime and talk about the new weekly options that are available. And he says, I'm available today. So here we are. We're doing it right now. (laughs) Oliver, welcome, buddy. How are you, man? Good, good to talk to you. It does feel uh, a, a little weird uh, with it not being Thursday and Tuesday, but I guess they both start with a T, so we're kind of in the yep. realm of things. So we're okay. We'll 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 yeah. manage through it. I'm sure. So okay. Yeah. So the new weekly options. Uh, what are they? Why? All right. So the the new crop weekly options were rolled out uh, by the CME Group on January 23rd. Um, if you're not familiar with options, this may come across as a little bit foreign to you, uh, but typically you have these, you know, options that expire on a monthly basis for old crop contracts. And they're really, there were some short dated options uh, for new crop, December and November, uh, corn and beans, but nothing with, with a shorter amount of time. And with some of these big reports coming up, especially the planning attentions report at the end of March, I think that's where new crop weekly options is really going to start to become a bigger player. Obviously, we've got a USDA WASDE report tomorrow, but you know that's probably not going to have a huge impact on these new crop prices. But as part of the reason CME wanted to start to roll this out ahead of time, there's not a lot of volume or open interest traded just yet, but they wanted to work out the kinks, get the slow burn. So when we do get to that planning intentions report at the end of the March, all things are ironed out and ready to go. And it just so happens that that report is on a Friday and yeah. there'll be new crop weekly options that expire that Friday as well. So if you wanted to take protection or speculate on new crop prices for corn or soybeans on that day, you could do it and not have to pay all that time premium, wow. right? A lot of people look at how do I hedge the new crop corn, new crop beans, the options are so expensive and they've got 290 days left on them. I just need to get through this USDA report or whatever other high-impact event it is, and that's really where these these come into play. And I think you're going to be 
awesome going forward, especially once we get into the, the weather markets and things yeah. of that nature here in the spring and summer. Yep. Just so that everybody's clear on this, okay, when you look at the the premium on an option, it is determined by the intrinsic value. In other words, how close is the strike price to the futures price, the volatility that's in the market, and the time that you pay, uh, like you said, 290 days until until the, the new crop options expires. You're going to pay more for that than if they expire at the end of the week. This is – Oliver, I'm not sure if this is a way to manage the time cost or to manage the volatility cost more effectively, which, how do you look at it? I, I think right now it's a way to uh, to manage both. It's, it's a way to give yourself some short-term insurance. Right now, volatility is still seasonally low. If you look back over the last five years, we've seen volatility uh, measured by the CMEC Vol Index, uh, bottom out in February, rise into the spring and summer, and then recede into the winter months, which, as you can guess, is it's pretty par for the course, right? We were trying to figure out how many acres and which crop farmers are going to produce. And then you've got the wild card of mother nature coming into play. And that boosts the uncertainty, which plays into volatility. And I, I, I think that's where these, these options come into play. Like I said, that planning intentions report on a Friday, they, yeah. you know, just a couple hours uh, to, to have some protection, I think is, uh, it gives people a lot of peace of mind, certainly. Yeah, yeah, I can certainly see farmers using it and producers using it in front of those those major reports. It seems to me like it might be of interest to traders too. I mean, speculators, managed money. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It's whether you're you know an end user trying to protect the upside or your producer protecting the downside or. You know, speculating in the market, wanting to take a stab at a directional play. It's a great way to get that exposure, especially once that volatility does start to pick up because you're not paying the margin to hold a full contract or however many contracts you want. You're paying premium, uh, assuming you're long the options, which is limited risk. And so you get that skin in the game, so to speak ahead of these high impact events or a long weekend like we've seen in the past over July 4th, where we, you know, we start gapping up or down on Sunday night. And I think it's that peace of mind. That's really going to make it worth it for a lot of guys. Yeah. Yeah. The markets have got to have somebody on the buy side and the sell side. Who's on the sell side of these? Right. Well, right now it's the market makers. And as I mentioned, the volume and the open interest right now is, is very low. It hasn't traded much. I'm, Looking at the ones that expire this Friday, I think the open interest at the $6 strike is only 39 uh, And there, there was, a, I think, a penny wide been offered today pretty much all day long. So it's still getting ironed out. But like I said, CME released these early on purpose so that we could get more market participants involved and get the kinks ironed out before that uh, March planning extensions report. Uh, here. I mean, it'll be here before we know it. But to, yeah. to give you an example that... Uh, Call option, $6 call option that expires in, in three days. I think the last trade on it was about a penny and a half. So if you're a speculator, end user looking to you know protect the upside above six bucks on that new crop contract, yeah. get you through this USDA report tomorrow, you're only paying one and a half cents to do that. So it's not a bad yeah, deal. So, so there, there's a use for this for everybody in the market because you just gave me a good use for, for a livestock producer to – to use these things too to protect against some, 
you know, if if something scary would happen and we get a big move to the upside on their feed costs. So it, we need to we we need to talk more about them. Okay, Oliver, let's uh, let's keep uh, keep the conversation going. Okay, buddy. You got it, Chip. Thanks for having me. All right, man. That's Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures. Yeah, kind of a day uh, featuring Blue Line. No question about that. Oliver's been with us for a long time on uh, on Thursdays. We certainly appreciate him. All right, come back tomorrow morning. We've got Jim Mintert from Purdue University right here on AgriTalk.